Good morning, Geekdom community, and welcome to another episode of the Geekdom Underground Podcast. Today is a special uh, Veterans Day episode. Uh, happy Veterans Day to all the veterans out there. Um, yeah, absolutely, and uh, we're excited to be here. Um, Super excited. I'm your boy, JRG. Every week, you already know at this point, and I'm yes. hanging out with my boy. What's going on, everybody? Good morning. My name is Philip Hernandez. I'm COO here at Geekdom. Excited to be celebrating Veterans Day 1111. What a special day. Today, we have a special guest, longtime Geekdom member, co-founder and president, also a veteran, co-founder and president of That's Big right. Sun Solar, Jason Pittman. Thank That's you so right. much for being here. You're very welcome. Awesome. So, um, so y'all know how we do it here on Geekdom Underground. We keep things chill, casual, and just have a nice conversation. We're just chit-chatting. That's you know? it, dude. That's, <laughs> That's it. all it is. Underground. <laughs> Them literally under the ground podcast uh, studio. it's not that casual because no one brought me a drink oh, oh geez it's kind of a byo drink situation <laughs> <laughs> didn't get the memo but i'll tell you what you know where you can get some drinks and <laughs> breakfast and headshots today for veterans day upstairs on the seventh floor we're doing headshots and breakfast so y'all please come down and make sure that you get some um so so I did get you a drink and breakfast and a headshot. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> so Turned it around. <laughs> Speaking of headshots, real quick before we jump into it. Yeah. Jason, man, I got a really good headshot of you. I got a couple. Oh. There's one of you. You're like doing one of these numbers. And yeah, like, that's Ooh. right. Yeah, that's, that's right. a good time. It's a good time. That's right. Ah, that's good. We, we got some history. I'm, I'm saving it. That's going to be a special edition release, 10-year anniversary of Big Sun Solar. I love that. Nice. It's going to be big. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Maybe we should make like a solar field. Like out of that picture. <laughs> That'd be good. That'd be good. Well, well, let's get after it. So, Jason, if you could, why don't mm -hmm. you tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, how'd you get here? Sure. First, I want to say happy Veterans Day to all my fellow veterans out there. Uh, thanks for providing that blanket of freedom that this country needs. Thank you. Yes, my, my story is, um, it sounds complicated, but it's really pretty simple. You know, I grew up in Houston in the suburbs, um, on the southeast side in Pasadena. I ended up graduating from high school, wanting to go to college. I couldn't make that jump immediately, so I joined the military. Uh, I went in for the GI Bill specifically. I needed help paying for college, and that was really the best option that I could find. Joined the military uh, four years. I had high hopes that I was going to travel. I was going to have all these really great experiences. I was going to see the world. I had a very specific job that I wanted to do. Unfortunately, they gave me a different job, hmm. and they, <laughs> the way it works out. And they sent me to Phoenix, Arizona, and what, I, what I stayed there for four years. I was in the Air Force. Air Force. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't go anywhere. Yeah. Literally nowhere. <laughs> I was in the desert for four years. Wow. Um, but I had a great time there. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, you know a lot of people will tell you this isn't you know this isn't unique to me, but lots of people, men and women, grow up in the military. Yeah, right. you uh, you're just a kid when you graduate from high school. I think it's um, I think it's unrealistic to know what you want to do with the rest of your life when you're 18 years old. And so those four years in the Air Force really gave me an opportunity to kind of figure out what's my path. Sure. Um, and I did that. And uh, whenever I separated and I, I had the GI Bill, I went to university in Austin. So I went to UT. Oh, right um, on. You know, the way that I did it. And I don't know if this is unique or not, but um, I was going to go to UT out of high school, but I deferred my enrollment for four years, mm -hmm. joined the military, 
then I went back. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, yes, it was great. Um, studied engineering in Austin at UT, graduated, went to work for a big environmental consulting firm. Um, I did that for, uh, let's say about four years into that, I decided that, you know, I'm a tree hugger at heart. I'm an environmental guy. Um, you know, I decided that I wasn't getting the kind of satisfaction out of the environmental projects that we were doing. And so I was preparing to resign. Luckily for me, there was an executive there. Um, and, uh, whenever I went in to kind of talk about my frustrations, he said, well, you know, he asked me the super important question, like, what do you want to do? Like, you're going to resign for what? And so I told him what I was interested in. It was renewable energy. It's clean tech, solar. Um, and he suggested stay with us. Don't resign. Why don't you find out if you can build that business here inside our consulting firm? Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So it was great. I mean, it, great opportunity, man. So I spent, uh, let's say three or four months surveying our existing client base. I re I learned, so this is like early 2000. I learned that they're really interested in renewable energy and carbon emissions and mm -hmm. carbon footprint and stuff like that. So I ended up building a sustainability business line within that consulting firm. And I led it for 10 years. Wow. So it was great. So we did projects all over the country. We had some projects in Europe. Eventually, um, it was just time for me to leave. Yeah. You, you know, over a decade at a consulting firm and it is a grind. Yeah. Right? And so I ended up leaving, uh, went to work for a small, what I would call kind of solar finance startup. Um, you know, Great, you know, had a great opportunity there. I really liked it. That's where I met my co-founder, Robert Miggins. Um, ev yeah. Eventually, uh, you know, Robert and I decided like, what I, we think we could do this better on our own, right? And so we ended up leaving, launching Big Sun Solar. You know, that was six years ago. Literally launched the company in this building. Hey, there we go. Yeah, awesome. At a table on seventh floor. I still go up there. There's no placard on that table, John. I'm surprised. That it <laughs> we need, have we need like to do something. Is some it... kind of like historic mark or something up there? <laughs> it I started. I can't yeah. find it. I, 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 it's probably still in order. It's actually still at the shop at my house. Yeah. I'm yeah. chiseling it out. That's know? right. You're so making just, it. I am. Wow. Yeah. So that's how we. That's how we. I ended up here, right? Yeah. Seventh floor, community membership. Robert and I at a table. Wow. Hired our first employee, we moved into an office, seventh floor. Hired two more employees, moved into our first private office, sixth floor. Kept hiring, moved into a different office, sixth floor. Kept hiring. At that point, we poached your office manager, Caitlin. Caitlin, right? yeah, shout out. Yep. Moved to uh, the second largest office on the sixth floor. Mm -hmm. And it kept growing. We have 13 people now. Kept growing. Now we're wow. in, we're in the biggest office that Geekdom offers. Yeah, that is. I have a lot of questions. Yeah, that is that is awesome. Um, so let me go back to like um when you first started your story. You had mentioned something about like when you were getting out of high school. Mm -hmm. You know, and and I I think there's a lot of people that that agree with that sentiment that you know when you're getting out you don't know exactly what you're gonna do. Right. Shout outs to stack iq, stack IQ. They, they point that out and they they they're helping to solve that problem um why was the military 
and specifically the Air Force, something that you went to? I know you'd said because of the GI Bill, but I think there's a lot of ways that you can that you can fund college. Right. Did you have did you know people that were in the military? Or no. Your friends or anybody mm-hmm. go and join None of that. It was really um, first generation college. Uh-huh. Uh, just the household that I grew up in, um, I felt like I couldn't stay there. Right. A lot of people go to community college, right. And they're able to transfer into a four-year university and that works for them. The environment that I was in, I needed to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You no, know, it's a kind of, I would say lower middle class, very blue collar, absolutely nothing wrong with that. But growing up in a community that really feeds um, the refineries in Houston, if you don't get out, I think you get trapped. Right. Gotcha. And so I could have stayed and I could have gone to community college and I could have lived at home and I could have saved my money and eventually transferred to a four-year university. Mm-hmm. That's a great path that works for a lot of people. I just felt like I needed to get out of the neighborhood and get out of my community. Um, and really kind of, I needed to grow up and I yeah. needed to figure out what I wanted to do. And the military just provided that for me. Wow. Yeah. Well, that, that's a great path. What yeah. did you have any support then? In turn, like, what do you mean? Like your friends and family? Did you tell <clears throat> yeah, them about oh, this? Oh yeah, yeah. I actually one sport? of my best friends in high school went with me. Oh, right on. Oh, yeah, wow. yeah. We had this big plan, you know. Yeah. We're gonna travel Europe, we're gonna see the world. Right. Uh he did all of that. I did none of it. <laughs> <laughs> Same branch? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And and what <laughs> What was the job that you were that you were uh, hoping for that was going to well, take you? Well, I wanted. So I was in high school. My plan was to go to medical school. Oh, gotcha. And, um, and so I wanted to work in the hospital. That okay. was that was that's what my best friend ended up doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but whenever you join the military, they give you a standardized test. It's called the ASVAB. Mm-hmm. Someone, one of your viewers, may correct me on that. I think Charles talked about it. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. And uh, what happened was, I took this test and it. They placed me in this job uh, called it's it's basically like a contract negotiator, mm-hmm. like the farthest thing from a hospital. Wow. <laughs> Is they, that what you wanted to no. like? Were you? <laughs> no, no, no. And I uh, it, it's like a very uh, people that get the job love it. Right. Yeah. Like it's a very difficult job to get. Yeah. And uh, I still remember the day. I was in basic training and that's when they tell you what your job's going to be. And I ended up getting this piece of paper and I was like, what is this contract negotiator? What is this? And I asked one of the drill. And so, you know, remember this is basic training. I'm getting yelled at right? yeah. 25 hours a day. Someone's yelling at you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, we had a couple of different, what we'd call kind of training instructors or drill sergeants. And yeah. uh, I asked one of them like, what is this job contract negotiator? The first one didn't know what it was. He was like, I've never heard of that. <laughs> and so now I'm like, man, what is going on? The second drill instructor, it was great because he went from yelling at me for, you know, 10 seconds. He kind of turned into like a father figure because <laughs> he just stopped yelling. He got really calm and he just said, you know, Airman Pittman, uh, this is a great job. You should feel lucky that they gave it to you. Wow. And then like, click right back into yellow. <laughs> yeah 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 right? but but you had that moment that's right and i had that moment and so what happened was um my job for four years is i was negotiating contracts for the united states air force um and i was building it was either uh, 
construction projects. So I was yeah. building things like dormitories and rec centers, golf courses, all types of things, um, services. And so I was signing service contracts. I was negotiating service contracts for the Air Force Base where I was stationed. Um, and then also commodities. And so that's where you were just buying things. Yeah. Right? Office supplies and boots and tires and all kind of stuff. Uh, it was great because uh, it really changed my path. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought, it, when, so whenever I joined the Air Force, I was accepted into this program where they send you to night school. And so I was studying basically <clears throat> pre-med. Uh, but at, during the day, I'm working with the, the base engineering squadron to build all this stuff. Um, one of my like favorite memories is I was negotiating and eventually executed an environmental contract for a consulting firm to do a, a biologic or wildlife survey in the proving grounds in Southwest Arizona, uh, the Barry M Goldwater bombing range. So this is where the F 15s, F 16s, the A 10s, they all go there and practice blowing stuff up. That's crazy. And it is just, yeah, it's hundreds of thousands of acres. It's huge. And so I've always been kind of an outdoor guy. Um, And so I would execute this contract and then I would tell the scientists, you have to take me with you because I'm doing QAQC on your project. Whoa! And so I would just like ride in these Jeeps and we'd climb through these caves and I'm like, you know, doing checklists and we're looking, we're doing animal surveys and it was such a it was really great that's yeah. amazing that sounds like an awesome job yeah it was fun i really liked it and what it did was it really it shifted me off of that pre-med track yeah and i whenever i ended up at ut i had all these pre-med classes that basically didn't count towards my degree plan at all because i i transitioned to engineering and that's when i decided to study environmental engineering and civil engineering yeah. yeah. Well, to your point, I mean, when you were 18, you thought you were med school. I'm going to go to yeah. med and do all this stuff. And that's it right. turns out engineering was yeah. a better path for that's you. That's right. Man, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, and so then you uh, you get out the military. You said you went to work for that consulting firm. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you, at some point when you were at that consulting firm, you approached that executive right. to, you know, say, this is what I actually want to do. What why do you think you had that clarity then that you didn't have um, coming out of high school? Well, in high school, you're making decisions with basically zero data points. Yeah. Or maybe one or two. Yep. Sure. And typically that data point is probably something to do with salary. It yep. has nothing to do with job satisfaction. Yeah. Right? You're like, oh, being a doctor, all my friends with you know families that are doctors, they're doing pretty well. Maybe I should do that. You know, so I think it's, uh, you just gather data over your life based on life experiences, right? And joining the military prolonged the decision, what do I want to do with the rest of my life? And I think I was able to really narrow down things that I enjoy. Yeah. When you say that, like, you really grew up in the military, um, what do you mean by that? What, what What do you think you got your takeaways from your four years there? Yeah. I would say um, I was always fairly independent growing up, but when you're in the military, you become independent, right? You're kind of on your own. You're in a different city. You don't know anyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you obviously make new friends, but it's really you're 
you don't have anyone to really lean on in terms of your decision making and your accountability and consequences and all that stuff. So you just grow up. Yeah. Right? Um, at that point, you're, you know, you're buying a car if you choose so, uh, which I did. You're paying your own insurance. You're paying for your gas. I mean, it's just this grow adult responsibilities, right? That yeah. is just dropped in your lap and you have to deal with it. Uh, but I would also say that being in the military, you see people from all walks of life, right? The military is extremely diverse, right? And you meet people regardless of where they're from, um, you know, they have life goals, right? And, and you realize, at least for me, you realize really quickly that lots of those goals can be achieved through education, right? Obviously hard work, but also education, right? And so I think that the value of education really uh, hit home to me. It was amplified while I was in the military because yeah. you're just around so many people that are trying to better their lives and they're from all different types of neighborhoods, mm -hmm. right? All different types of neighborhoods. And they're all, well, not all of them, but I would say the majority of them were there because they're looking for an opportunity. Yeah, And the military gave them that opportunity, that kind of that stepping stone to get wherever they want to go. And so in terms of like uh, the part of me that really grew up, I would say it's the education part because mm -hmm. I yeah. knew coming out like, man, you work your butt off in the military. I had an office job and still work my butt off. There are people that are on the flight line that are working in warehouses, they're working outside. Yeah. They're really working their butt off. Um, I knew coming out that the key to my goal, to achieving my goals was going to be through education. And yeah. whenever I ended up at UT, I mean, who knows what I would have done if I showed up there 18 years old. There's so many kids that drop out. Yeah. By the time I got there, two things really helped me. One, I valued it. Mm -hmm. And I was paying for it myself. Right. And so just being, you're writing the check. Yeah. My parents didn't pay for my education. I did. Mm -hmm. Combination GI Bill working part-time and financial aid, right? When you're, when you're writing that check, yeah, I think it, it means a lot more. Yeah. yeah, man, that, yeah, that's great. Speaking of education. Well, I think also to your point, if you would have done that at 18, at some point you would have switched majors too, which probably who knows what that would have done. That's right. You know, uh, we wouldn't be sitting right here. Yeah. yeah. On your trajectory. That's how right. was it, how was it, um, going to UT like four years after right. high school? I mean, everyone's asking you to buy beer. Yeah. Right? <laughs> That's funny. I mean, let's be real. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, it was, uh, it was fine. Yeah. I mean, I was definitely four years. There was a four year shift. Mm -hmm. My best friend that joined the air force with me ended up going to UT with me also. Oh, really? Yeah, After yeah. four years? Oh yeah. Two? So y'all, yep. y'all hey, like homies link back up. Big time. Yeah. Big yeah. time. And are uh, you still friends? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we're still great friends. Hey. Actually, uh, bring him in. Yeah, come yeah, on in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he lives in Austin. Oh, but anyway, cool. that would have blown your mind, though. Yeah, that yeah. would have been great. <laughs> I got, like Jerry Springer. He yeah. comes in, starts yelling. <laughs> yes. Maybe we do a paternity test. I don't know. <laughs> now we're getting weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it was. Uh, oh, I can't remember your question. Yeah, just we were just talking about the the what's it like four years after if you're still oh, yeah, friends that's with right. Him. Yeah, yeah. So the four year lag, I mean it was fine. Yeah, it was great. 
didn't it, like majorly affect anything. Or... No, 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 not at all. Yeah. Uh, well, the only thing that it really impacted is, is because I was four years um, older than everyone, UT considered me a non-traditional student, which means regardless of my grades, I wasn't eligible for any kind of internal scholarship money. Oh, um, really? Yeah. Which kind of was stunk, right? Was yeah. Like, mm. Yeah. Even though I had the GPA to qualify for all of these scholarships that UT gives their students, right? Um, I, I wasn't eligible for any of them. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. When, um, so after UT, um, that's when you went to the consulting firm, that's right. right? That's right. Um, why do you think it's so important to have that focus on sustainability and renewable energy? Well, I mentioned earlier that I'm an environmental person, Yeah. right? I think the planet, I think that we are mistreating the planet and, uh, you know, just our society is based, not based, but consumption is really important, mm -hmm. right? And until we try to either uh, continue with the same level of consumption with some kind of sustainability measures in place or stop consuming, Right. I think that we're heading towards a cliff. Yeah. Um, I don't think we're ever going to stop consuming. So that's why sustainability is so important. Yeah. You know, when people talk about energy efficiency and things like that and how we got to lower the amount of energy that we use, I typically disagree with them. I think we need to use more energy. We just need it to come from cleaner sources. Yeah. Right. Like I don't want to limit how much energy you use. I mean, if you look at the great countries on our planet, all of them have access to energy for their population and they use that energy for these great advancements right i don't think we want to like throttle that back yeah we want energy should be unlimited right but it needs to come from a source that is sustainable and doesn't damage the planet yeah that's yeah. great yeah um when you uh when you made that decision to talk to your leadership and kind of make that pivot and build your own business in there what were some challenges that you face to make the pivot? I mean, well, being in a working for a consulting firm, right? It's all about bill, you know, billable hours. Yeah. Right. You need to be charging a client all the time. Right. Um, and so even though the highest level of leadership told me, why don't you go, uh, you know, do a market validation study on this opportunity, there was still, this leadership lens below him, but above me mm. that didn't necessarily buy it. Sure. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, Hey, you need to do this. Right. And yeah. I would say, well, I talked to, you know, Mike, Mike told me that I can do this. And he's like, well, you report to me, you know? And so it's just all of these conflicts, right? Yeah, sure. So uh, it wasn't like go do the market validation instead of, it was good. It was kind of like you can go do that market validation, but your other manager, your other supervisor was telling right. you, you got to keep doing this stuff. Too. That's right. That's right. It's wow. like mixed signals. And so I have this great story where uh, I'll just use first names. It's pretty funny. Uh, I, I reported directly to this guy named Steve, right? And Steve and I, uh, we, we had numerous run-ins uh, just because of our personalities. Mm -hmm. And uh, he, after I had this conversation with Mike, right? I'm doing this market validation study. And so instead of me billing 40 hours a week to clients, I'm billing 20, whatever the number is. Steve comes into my office and says, Hey, your billability is really low. We need to get it up. And I say, well, 
Mike told me that I need to be doing this. And so then Steve says, well, I've talked to my boss, Tyler, who's still under Mike. Yeah. Tyler thinks that you need to work on more projects. And then this guy hands me a project. He's like, here's a project that you can do, right? He ends up leaving my office. I go find someone else to do it. <laughs> <laughs> the old switcheroo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but the where my plan went wrong was Steve runs into Jennifer in the copier room making copies of the stuff because oh. I pushed it off to Jennifer <laughs> and Steve said, what are you doing? And, you know, she says, well, Jason asked me to do this work for him. Hey, so, working smarter. Yeah, hey. working smarter, man. Yeah. So uh, I caught some flack for that. But yeah. at the end of the day, I just said, go talk to Mike. Yeah. And I ended up building. That was really the early days. I ended up building this extremely successful business line within the consulting firm yeah. where I didn't report to anyone in the state of Texas anymore. Oh, wow. So I ended up like I wasn't under any of that corporate structure at all. Um, I reported to someone in San Francisco. So, ah, yeah, it's blazed like, your own trail. Yeah, that's right. Man, that's, that's really awesome. cool. Yeah, that's right. And I tell people, if you can't find what you want, see if you can build what you want. Yeah, because that's what I did. And it worked yeah. out great. What do you think it was that made Mike believe in you and right. your idea so much? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, oh, man. Uh, whenever Mike retired, everyone kind of stood up and said something, right? And this uh, consulting firm that I worked at, it had this really horrible interview process where, you know, you're a graduate and you spend a full day there. Sometimes it's two days. You go to dinner the night before with a bunch of people. You come in. You have, you know, 10, 30 minute interviews across the whole company. You have to give a 45 minute technical presentation in front of the whole company. And then you kind of end it with Mike, right? The top, wow. the top guy, right? And this is consulting. And so I remember uh, ending up with Mike and asking him point blank, if I came to work here, how would I be successful? Like, what would I need to do? to be successful within this consulting firm. And I know like after meeting all of these people, they are all type A, they're all yeah. alpha. Mm -hmm. They're, you know, it's very, it's just a very kind of aggressive yeah. work, but consulting is like that, right? Mm -hmm. Competitive, <laughs> super yeah. competitive. And so Mike's response was, if you want to be successful, you have to be a borderline asshole, right? Internally. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And so whenever I was uh, kind of, you know, at Mike's retirement, you know, people were speaking, you know, standing up and speaking. And so I stood up and told that story. I was <laughs> like, you know, I asked Mike, what do you, how are you successful here? And he said, borderline asshole. Someone yells out in the audience. Yeah, but he said borderline. <laughs> 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 and so I think that uh, I was, you know, I just, you have to fight for yourself, right? Yeah. Like no one, whenever you join an organization and you have autonomy, which I did, even though I reported up through this, like, you know, this chain, chain of command using a military term, um, I still had enough autonomy to, to identify opportunities for myself, but also identify opportunities for the company. Right. And really the reason I was successful is because I identified a market opportunity for this firm and I was able to validate it 
and prove that it existed. And then eventually I went out and I captured it. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you just, um, you identified it and then we're able to align it with the, the that's organization. Right. That's right. That's oh, right. That's, and yeah, if that's you think, you know, and, and as an engineering student, you know, there's, if you know any engineers, a lot of them, they like, you know, if you gave them a strengths finder test, right, they're probably analytical, mm -hmm. right? They want to give me a really hard problem and I'm going to solve it. Yeah. Don't necessarily talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just let, I don't want to talk to anyone. I want a really hard problem. I want to find yeah. a solution to that problem. Right. And I want to, I want to solve it. Yeah. I think, you know, my strengths are, um, ideation, learner, strategic connectedness. I think that I am kind of a non-engineer engineer. Yeah. Right. And so it's just, the per it was just the, the perfect place, perfect opportunity for me. Yeah. yeah. We, we have a lot of similar strengths. Am, yeah. am I an asshole? No. Borderline. So let's go on to the next question. <laughs> Borderline. Hey, I'm not like, you know, I think I kind of, uh, <laughs> I, you know, you, I think you, my personality kind of morphs into what it needs to be. Yeah. And I'm not like that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah, at yeah. all. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think also like there's a perception of that too. Like the, the, um, what you're talking about with, um, engineers, how they're very analytical. Right. You give them a, a difficult problem to solve. A lot of times they're, they're not an ass. They just, they're so deep into the weeds. You right. got to go. 10 layers deep to get to the root of the problem. Right. And if somebody comes to talk to you, it's not like you can just pull out, you got to pull out 10 layers and then have right. a conversation right? and then go right. But you know what you have to go right back yeah. into. Right. And so, yeah, I think it's a perception thing too, yeah. but that was a great story. Yeah. Um, when you, uh, let's talk about big sun solar. Okay. Um, so for, for those of you who don't know, can you give like an elevator pitch of what is big sun solar? Big Sun Solar is a solar development company, and we try to leverage innovative business models to bring solar to more people, right? Solar uh, isn't as accessible as it should be because it's expensive. Yeah. We look for uh, value stacks. We look for different kind of opportunities to bring solar to people that have been left out. Yeah. What's we expensive about it? Well, I mean, that's a good question. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot, right? Labor's not cheap. The equipment is expensive. The solar panels, the inverters, you know, mm -hmm. the whole thing is, yeah. is expensive, right? If you compare a, a solar array up on your roof, it's just as much as the car sitting in your driveway. Yeah. Right. But what's, I, I guess the question behind that was like, when you, when you hear somebody say that it's expensive to adopt solar as a, mm -hmm. as an energy solution um i think that that term expensive is relative sure right? because what's the what's the cost of how we're consuming energy today versus the expense well, of getting a renewable yeah i mean i think that's a different question yeah <laughs> yeah that's a different question um what i what i was referring to was if you wanted to adopt solar especially yeah. five years ago uh, you either had to write a really big check or you had to have access to credit, mm -hmm. right? And so if you take everyone in San Antonio that has participated in our utilities solar rebate program mm -hmm. and you put a red dot on the map, you can guess where all those dots are. 
right? They're mm -hmm. not in the neighborhoods that are economically distressed, yeah. right? Yeah. It's not in the neighborhoods that are fighting for funding for sidewalks and curbs and drainage, right? Um, the people that could afford to write the check or had access to borrow the money lived in certain parts of San Antonio. And so yeah. what I think, you know, it created all of these, what I would call solar deserts around our city. Um, the part that's uh, upsetting is that the people in those solar deserts are funding the programs that the other households are using, right? Because our utility has a rebate program. And so they help you with the cost. Wow. However, regardless of how generous that rebate is, it doesn't matter if the upfront cost is $50,000 or $500. There are households that will always be left out. Yeah. Right. And so what big sun solar tries to do is we're trying to either significantly reduce that upfront financial barrier yeah. or just eliminate it altogether. And so that's what Robert, myself, and the rest of the Big Sun Solar team is working on. And I think we've been really successful. Yeah, yeah. solar for everyone. Solar yeah. for all, that's right. That's Yeah, that's awesome. What's, what's a project that you've been most proud of? Oh, probably the Big Sun Community Solar Program. You know, so this was something that we took to CPS Energy several years ago. Um, and it's really about the accessibility of the technology, right? We didn't invent community solar. There's lots of community solar programs uh, across the country. And what community solar means is you go build a big solar farm and you allow individuals to buy individual panels. Oh, okay. Right. So, you know, John could own 20 of them. Mm -hmm. They're not at John's house. They're not at John's apartment. They're completely decoupled from John's, you know, real estate asset. Right. So it doesn't matter if you're a renter, an owner. It does, it, it, if you live in an RV or something. You live, well, you have to have a CP, CPS bill. Oh, I guess right? that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, RV in your parents' backyard. Hey, there it yeah. is. <laughs> um, what we did instead of building those solar farms in green space that we're trying to preserve, we brought them into the city of San Antonio kind of city limits and we covered huge hot parking lots. Wow. 12 of them. Um, and what we do is, um, I don't know if you have ever gone to HEB in the summer and you pull in and there's one tree in the parking lot and you drive around for five minutes hoping that you can park under that tree. Yeah. Because it's the only shaded spot. Yeah. I think where we, I think the big kind of moment of clarity for us was how much would you pay to park in the shade? A dollar? I'd pay a dollar. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. For sure. Yeah. Three dollars? Um, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Five dollars? No, I wouldn't pay five dollars. Yeah. What we wanted to do with Big Sun Community Solar 1.0 is how do we leverage the value of covered parking to drive down the cost of this technology so we can bring it to more households? And that's what we did. So we've covered 12 huge parking lots across the city. You may see what part of town do you live in? I'm in Castle Hills. Okay, so the closest one to Castle Hills is um, if you go up 281. Yeah. And you're doing the flyover. Uh-huh. And you're heading west, you'll see some huge solar carports down there at a GMC dealership. Okay. Yeah, so look for them. And that's and that's y'all. Yeah, yeah, that's one of our projects. The homies, every time yeah. you go by, just do one of these. Yeah, that's hey. right. That's right. <laughs> that's so, awesome. So we deployed 
17,000 solar panels through this program. We have 470 customers. And one thing that I'm really proud of, do you own a home or apartment? Yeah, uh -huh. Okay, own a home. How much time and effort and worry do you, you know, spend on keeping water out of your house? A, a lot. lot. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> so one of the things I'm proud of is that we deployed 17,000 solar panels. I didn't drill a single hole in anyone's roof. <laughs> Man, right? You don't yeah. have to. Yeah. So it's just worry-free. So how do you, if, if I were to uh, purchase one of those panels program and, sold out, sorry, but <laughs> <laughs> for the folks that did purchase one of those panels, what, how, what do they benefit from having one of those? Do they uh, get energy from oh one yeah. of those panels? So that's a good segue into another part of our company that I think is very, um, unique for solar. John knows this. We have our own software development department, right? And so. If you own 20 of those panels, I need to get the credit for those panels to you somehow. I, how do I do that? So we have a software program called Core 99. Uh, our VFAers built it. Andre, Shout Raymond, out. Rosalie, if you're mm -hmm. out there, she's in nice. Germany. Uh, and now Carlos. We uh, have effectively built a software platform that monitors your 20 panels. Every single month, we send that credit to CPS Energy. We're integrated through their billing department. It shows up on your bill, regardless of where you live. Wow. So you sell your house. You're going to upsize. Maybe you're going to downsize. Yeah. Maybe you're going to move into an apartment. You're going to hit that RV in John's parents' backyard. <laughs> we just point the credit to your new bill. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah that's great. It's great. Yeah, that's it's awesome. Great. Innovative. Yeah. yeah, we're excited about it. Mm -hmm. And we have this huge software platform, Core 99. It's different than anything out there. Um, it's a, it, it basically serves as not only the back end to manage the program, but it's also kind of the front end for our customers. It's their portal. Yeah. So you can log into our system and you can see how many credits you generated last month, last year since inception, you name it. Yeah. I think that's really cool. Cause as a customer being able to see it, in a, like a, a way that's like not put together nicely. And I'm sure there's ways if you have solar panels or whatever, right. other ways to do it, but that's, it's like very clean. The UI UX is very thought out. Right. You could see it in black and white. Like, okay, cool. It's how much I'm saving. That's right. I love it. That's what we wanted to do. Right. So if you, if you're going to invest in solar, you're going to write this big check for 20 K and then put it on your roof and forget about it. Right. That's not how we operate. We want to remind you every single month of this great decision you made. Mm -hmm. And so Core 99 sends you a text message, right? It says, Philip, this month you earned $150. We just sent it to CPS. Year to date, you've earned $1,500. Thanks for choosing Big Sun. Every single month, we remind our customers of that great decision they made. You That's know, awesome. You know, I, I joke around. I know we're in the solar space, but I feel like we're in text texting right i mean our product <laughs> our product isn't a solar panel it's that monthly text message yeah right because that's how we interface with our customers yeah so yeah. how would if somebody wanted solar today do they go like for their home do they go to to y'all at big sun solar no unfortunately we don't we don't do private residential solar projects any longer Gotcha. So um, you're more in the commercial side. That's right. What if there's any listeners out there that are interested in 
you know, adopting solar for their home, I would give them two pieces of advice. CPS Energy is super innovative. Um, they've done community solar before. Our program, it sold out. I think in the near future, they'll probably do another one. Yeah. Could be us, could be someone else. Who knows, right? But I know the market demand is there. They know the market demand is there. And so I would anticipate at some point in the near future, they're going to announce something. Yeah. Right? So you could wait, wait, little waiting game. Yeah. Um, if you really want it on your house, don't respond to someone knocking on your door trying to sell you a $45,000 solar asset, right? You would never buy a new car from someone knocking on your door. Right. Like don't buy solar from someone cold calling you or not are these door knockers like that is not the way to do it yeah uh, there's a nonprofit organization here in san antonio it's called build san antonio green bsag mm -hmm. um their website i believe is buildsagreen.org they have a bring solar home program where you can call them you can get information they've vetted some installation companies uh you can kind of go through that process and they'll send people out to you know trusted solar companies uh, they're local, you know, locally owned, uh, and they can kind of help you through the process. Get three quotes, pick yeah. the pick the one you like. Right on. Yeah, man, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. You know, we focus on commercial projects, community solar projects. Those were kind of the big thing for us. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's great. I'm going to be mindful when I'm driving on that overpass. And, yeah. And check out those solar panels. If you see a big solar carport anywhere, it's probably ours. Within oh, the city limits, within yeah. the city limits, or yeah. just in general, I'd say in Bear County. Okay, love that. Yeah, yeah. We um we we talked about a little bit earlier how uh, Big Sun Solar was started in this this building right on the seventh floor in the with the table that has no plaque <laughs> right yet. John's yet. John's working on that. Yeah. But, working on that right now actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you said you did it with with Robert Miggins. Correct. Um, how did that happen? How did y'all meet each other? And oh. Uh, this is a um, this is one of those like big little city stories with San Antonio that you hear all the time, right? This is yeah. one of the great places about where we live. Uh, we moved, my wife and family and myself moved from Austin. Um, a couple of interesting stories here. We uh, rented short-term housing over on the west side near Woodlawn Lake. And so we lived over there for four, maybe four months while we were trying to find a house. Uh, we ended up buying a house in Tobin Hill, which is just north of downtown, a great neighborhood. Uh, we lived there for uh, a, a couple of years. You know, we we moved from a really small uh, kind of bungalow house in Austin to this like pretty big house, at least by my standards, in San Antonio. And uh, my family never really got comfortable in it. It was just kind of too big. We had a couple of small kids and it was multi-floor and we loved it, but we, we didn't think it was a great fit. So we ended up selling it. And uh, Todd Morey, who was, you know, he's kind of an old school racker, old school geekdom guy. Uh, he ended up buying my house. And so I met Todd through this, you know, the process of selling him and his wife, Shannon, our house. Um, we obviously had really great relationships with the neighbors. And so I ended up becoming really good friends with Todd by going to birthday parties and backyard barbecues at my former neighbor's home. Right. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so I became friends with Todd and his wife, Shannon. Um, Todd, 
I told Todd, uh, eventually Todd kind of figured out what I was doing because yeah. we were just talking. I'm in the solar space. I'm trying to bring solar to low-income neighborhoods. I'm really interested in this whole, you know, solar equity discussion, like these neighborhoods are being let. So I was kind of talking to him about that. Um, I was about to pitch this new program to CPS while I was working for that solar finance company. Um, it's called solar host. I told Todd about it and Todd said, oh man, you need to, uh, you need to pitch this to a couple people that I know. And so he sent this just email and he sent it to Robert and Lou Mormon and said, Hey, there's this guy, Jason, he's got this idea. Y'all should hear it. And I didn't know who they were. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, Hey, do y'all want to hear it? And so I ended up meeting Lou at a Starbucks and went through it. He was like, yeah, totally. I totally get it. I ended up meeting Robert eventually. Uh, and so at that, at that point of time in Robert's life, he was, he had resigned from, you know, he went from rack space to pier one. Eventually he resigned uh, because he wanted to do something around the environment, right? I want to help the planet, but I think that there's this business opportunity too. Yeah. So he was kind of, he was in the consulting world. We'd say he was kind of beached, right? He was just kind of hanging out looking for something to do. Um, I ended up meeting him, learned about, you know, his background. I was super excited about the whole technology side because I knew that successful solar companies in the future have to leverage technology to improve the user experience, right? And so we ended up going there. Uh, but whenever I launched that new program with CPS called SolarHost, we brought Robert on as kind of a... Um, you know, he had like a four month engagement, something like that. And the idea was that he was going to help with the marketing, um, basically the, the program launch and the marketing, right? <clears throat> well, we ended up launching this program with CPS. There was enough capacity for 400 houses. We received 10,000 applications in a month. Oh my gosh. It, <laughs> That's crazy. It's crazy. It's and validating. The, the program was, we're going to put, we're going to put free solar panels on your roof. Um, we're going to sell the electricity directly to CPS energy in exchange for hosting this equipment. I'm going to share the revenue from CPS with the homeowner hmm. in the form of a credit on your bill. So it's basically, that was, that was my first answer to this solar equity challenge that our community was facing. Yeah. I want to put solar in that neighborhood. I don't want to charge the homeowner nothing. I don't want to charge them anything. They're not like, they're not going to get a hundred percent of the benefit because they haven't paid for anything, but in exchange for hosting it, yeah. I'm going to share the revenue with them for 20 years. That's what we did. Wow. Um, after we received 10,000 applications for the program overnight, I realized that you know, we're not a solar company at this point. We're not a marketing company at this point. We're a customer service company. Yeah. Right. If I don't deliver this program, um, if I don't take care of the customers that have submitted an application, uh, CPS energy is going to get pretty upset. Yeah. Right? right. Because they've given me permission to sell their customers a product. And if I can't deliver on the customer service, you know, I'll never be able to work with them again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so Rob, luckily Robert was on board. 
and Robert used to run the customer service group for either Rackspace or Pier One. And so he was able to set up that whole infrastructure. And I was so thankful for it. Yeah. You know, it's kind of one less thing that I had to worry about. And Robert just knows everyone in San Antonio, right? And so it was just really helpful. Uh, eventually, Robert's kind of four-month engagement, he kind of rolled off. Um, and then we decided, let's let's launch Big Sun. You know, we think that we could do this better. Lots of lessons learned from that program. Mm-hmm. Big Sun Community Solar kind of solved a lot of the issues around free solar panels on your roof. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great story. I can't yeah. believe that all happened here, too. That's awesome. It all happened here. Man. I love that. Um, yeah, yeah. We should get a plaque. Yeah. Maybe we should put a solar panel. We've talked about it. <laughs> a solar panel table. That'd be yes. sweet. That'd be uh, don't sweet. you do like cool little mm. like art projects yeah. and with a so, so old solar mm. panel? Yeah. I have a solar panel table in my backyard that I've, it actually has fairly extensive hail damage. Yeah. You know, and so I've turned it into a table with epoxy and stuff. It's, it looks pretty good. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah we could definitely do something like that up there. I'd love that. We should yeah. do that. Y'all yeah. heard it here first. Yeah. Exclusive. Geek to, Geek to Underground podcast. You heard it. We're going to have a solar panel table. Yeah. By the co-founder, president, veteran, and artist, Jason Pittman. God, with the snap, hey. too. God, perfect. I love that. When, uh, I said, I'm going to stay down here all day because I'm I'm sounding pretty good. See, <laughs> I know. You're feeling it. That's what I'm saying. People get comfortable in the Geek even, Underground podcast. Even without my free drink. See? Oh. <laughs> got you free drink <laughs> donut we got you set up i was there you even get you a headshot up there too. <laughs> um what when it's on in the spirit of uh veterans day yeah. what um uh leadership skills or strengths or anything from the military that translate into um skills and things that you can use today right being in the military um you know, even though the army, one of their kind of brand, you know, one of their messages is kind of the army of one. Um, what I learned in the military is that it's really teamwork, mm -hmm. right? You have to be able to uh, relate to other people. You have to be able to read other people. Um, you have to be able to, uh, you know, have a working relationship with the people that are on your team. That doesn't mean you have to be best friends with them right but you have to be you have to have a relationship in order to stay productive and keep yeah. in the military it's to keep your mission moving forward mm -hmm. right as a small business owner it's the same thing the mission's just different right we're not you know providing security to the country right we're trying to deploy solar panels and really make a local impact around climate change and so it's really just how you relate and how you manage and how you allow yourself to be managed um, within a small business in order to be successful. I picked up a lot of that in, in the military. Right on. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you for sharing. Yeah. Um, well, you know, Jason, this has been awesome. I really appreciate you coming down and, yeah, and hanging out with us. I do have one more question sure. for you. Um, when you, uh, when you think about the, the transitional periods in your life from when you were 18 out of high school going into um or making that realization college isn't the right time for me right now let me go to the military mm -hmm. or when you're getting out of the military and then you go to austin to go to ut when you made that move to san antonio any of those times 
what advice would you give somebody in those mm. times? And, um, and also what advice do you wish that somebody would have told you? Right. I think what advice would I give is the easier one, right? I like to make, um, I'll just use a term that I think is overused, but you know, data driven decision-making, mm -hmm. right? I like to make decisions whenever I've kind of collected enough information to where I feel educated on that topic. Right. And so like, you know, starting that, uh, business plan within the consulting firm, I did that after extensive market validation work, right? That wasn't just a gut feeling. Yeah. You know, a lot of work went into that. Me joining the military, right? That was, you know, that wasn't a gut feeling. That was, how am I going to, how am I, my goal is to get to the university. How am I going to get there and be successful while I'm there? Yeah. Right. The, you know, community college, the junior college route works for some people. I knew that it wasn't going to work for me. I needed to join the military to get out of my neighborhood. Right. Yeah. I may, I realized that I made that decision. I did it. Um, I would say the other big milestones in my life are moving to San Antonio, starting a small business. Those things aren't easy. Um, you know, what's made it helpful for me is, you know, I have a very supporting wife, right? Like you can't do that stuff on your own. Yeah. Um, and so my wife, Stephanie, she has supported me. You know, I went back to graduate school whenever we had an eight, 18 month old baby and a, and another baby that was like six weeks old. Wow. Right. And then we moved to San Antonio. So I moved to San Antonio. Um, I had two kids less than two years old. Right. And I'm going to graduate school all at the same time. And I'm still running this business line because I'm working full time. You know, it was, it's a lot, right? You can't, you can't do that stuff yeah. by yourself, yeah. right? You have to have a support. You have to have a support team. And my support team was my wife. Yeah. <laughs> you know, wanting to start a small business and you know, not having a salary for a year, like all that stuff is really hard. Mm -hmm. um, and so I would say that if you're thinking about, um, you know, making changes like that, if you're, you know, there's this kind of inflection point in your life or your career, or whatever it is right you have to uh you can't make those decisions by yourself right especially yeah. if it's going to impact other people and you know my you know my best friend and my wife she's you know we're a team so yeah uh, it's worked out so far it's worked out great that's yeah. awesome yeah yeah well thank you so much for sharing um yeah we've had a great time mr jrg if you would please um first off thank you for your service thank you for your service yeah thank you all the veterans out there listening yeah happy veterans happy day. veterans day mr jrg if you would please take us home sir absolutely thank you everybody for tuning in to today's episode of the geekdom underground podcast jason really quick how do people find out more about big sun solar Ooh, uh big sun plus i'm pretty sure we're on the, on all the socials uh yeah just check us out Search nice. it. Email email John. He'll let you know. There it is. John at geeking.com. I'll put it out there. I'm not even scared. Awesome. Happy Veterans Day, everybody. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next week. Have a good one, y'all. Bye, everybody.